Mm-hmm. All right. All righty. Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Kai. And I'm a little drunk. And I'm a little high. And this, this is why we weird. Whale noises are fun to make. We love whales. You should try it. We love things that start with W. Make some whale noises right now in your car or wherever you're listening. Leave us a whale memo. Why not? Leave us a whale memo. (laughs) Maybe we've been asking for the wrong thing. Maybe that's the problem. I would love to hear some fucking whales in our voice memo. Just be a whale. You don't have to say any words. Yeah. (laughs) Or salmon whale. Whatever you prefer. Or whale. You know. Whatever works for you. Yeah. Well, we're back uh, with a with a uh, not a two parter a a what do a we call double it? header a double header when we record twice in one evening, um, which means we're already like in rare form, ready to go. Yeah, and this is a very special episode. This is our fiftieth episode. Woo! You never thought we'd make it. Wow! Look at us thriving. Wow! 50 episodes that's that's incredible that is um that is like a real thing it's halfway to 100 it is it's halfway there (laughs) we're so close amazing we've been working hard for y'all for y'all making these podcasts every week yeah, show so, the fuck up. Yeah. The thing, we, you know? We are showing the fuck up. We have missed at least... exactly one week. And that was due to... I don't remember. I think I think but it was a valid reason. Like, couldn't get... Oh, maybe. <laughs> it was valid reasoning. Yeah, but, like, one week. Like, that's really it's good, I think. Yeah. That's impressive. And for those of you who have been with us since the beginning... Um, thanks for being on this journey, on this, like, wine-weed wild ride with us. Sorry, I had a big yawn, but yeah, thank you. (laughs) And, you know, if you want to, you know, we would love to hear, like, what the podcast has meant to you in your life, like, positive ways it has influenced you, um, ways that you think you have grown as a result of the podcast ways that you feel the podcast has grown over time right like you can leave all that in those voice memos for us at anchor.fm slash wineweed weird do it and again you can do it as a whale if it makes you feel more comfortable yes you can can. and you can also go to wherever you listen and rate and review give us them five stars five is the same as 50 minus a zero that's right so and One celebration for every 10 episodes come on it's not that hard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not that hard it's not that hard anybody no. can do that anybody come on guys come on get it together get it together um <sighs> anyway i'm pretty excited we're going to be discussing this film on our 50th episode this is this is uh something kai suggested and i feel like you suggested it a while back and like we just like hadn't gotten to it Mm-hmm. It's true. I think I suggested it way back in like Halloween season. Yeah. I was just thinking of weird movies. Um, 
and this one came to mind. I used to love this movie. I guess we could just say what it is. Yeah, we could. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> drum roll, please. <laughs> it is James and the Giant Peach. Woo! That classic. Um, and I remember loving this movie as a child. And I feel like that was a sign that I was going, that I was like an artsy person, yeah. but I didn't know it. I feel like there's telltale signs when you have a kid, you know, like what maybe they're interested in, how they act, that they're going to end up being, like choosing an artistic route. And I was like, I feel like this could have been a sign that I was maybe too into this movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. We, I or maybe know, not. I don't know. You know, obviously, like a third of our podcast are like examples of this for me, where it's like this right. says something about me as a person, doesn't it? Like that I was really bit. into this. Um, <laughs> I will say, I think it was it was mostly to do just with like how old I was when this movie came out. But like I know I had seen it before, but I wasn't like super enamored of it. I didn't like watch it over and over. It wasn't like a childhood influential film for me, but I did like mm-hmm. remember enough of it to be like, oh no, yeah, like that was kind of weird. Um, I think there'd probably be a lot to talk about there. I had more exposure to the book. I feel like um, one of our teachers read the book to us when we were little. Uh-huh. Um, it was one of those things where, like, they would read, like, a chapter or two, like, every day. I mean, like, we would read, like, a longer book, like, over time. Um, I really liked it. <laughs> but, like, I also feel like I read it myself, too. Like, I think I read it a few times total. And, like, so, like, I noticed a lot, like, where it departed from the book. And, like, it took some very interesting artistic turns in terms of being a film adaption of the book, I have to say. Yeah, oh, sorry. I'm going down <laughs> and again. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I ever read the book, but I do find it interesting that we each had our own route around this story. Yeah, yeah. You're definitely. a book lover. I was the movie lover. Mm-hmm. And here we are now on a podcast where it kind of meets in the middle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, two worlds a become one. Different medium entirely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so, I've... so this movie is based on the book by Roald Dahl. I never know if I'm pronouncing his name right. He's kind of a weird name. That's how I say it. But, but I also wrote, don't know anything. You know, the big friendly giant and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the Giraffe and the Pelly and Me. He wrote like a bunch of these like very particular books. They feel very British and like he really. They're all different. It's like they're not set in the same world. And yet they really have this very distinct voice and like world that he creates, which I think is why they're still so like beloved. Um, But in this one, and I feel like this is such a classic theme in children's literature too. Like this kid, James Henry Trotter, um, he's like happy with his parents and then something really bad happens and then he has to go live with mean people, right? It's kind of this like classic trope. Um, And in this case, the thing that happens, and this is the first note I have, is a rhino ate his parents, question mark? I can never figure it out. Because it's it's like they, it never says that. It just says like a rhino. What do they say even? It says ate. Like it literally says it them up. Oh, maybe I just tried to interpret it differently. 
because it's confused. It's not I know coming at them. There is a big cloud and then there's a rhino. Like in the cloud, like a cloud. Yeah. So I guess I like was interpreting it. I was like, it had to be something else. Was it a a storm that did something and killed him? And then how his childhood brain has like processed it. I just had a thought. Uh Bear with me. It's a really implausible story, right? Rhinos ate his parents. The rhino is still at large. Like, that's insane, right? Like, that's completely bananas. Did the cruel ants murder his fucking parents? Oh, that's what I've, like, that was going to be my next guess, And then just tell this insane story? It's possible, because then they threaten him with the rhino. Yeah. All the time. They're like, if you go out there. But then that, my question around that, because it does, it, it, yeah, yeah. it does seem like as that could be a possibility, but what would their motive be? Because you would think the motive would be money or some type of situation. Well, yeah, like it doesn't seem like they want the kid. They don't want the kid. They're assholes to them. Were it's very like, Cinderella. Oh, great, we'll get this kid and he'll be our slave. Maybe. I don't know because they don't seem like they have money now. No, because no. they're still trying to find ways to get money. Yeah. So I, it's hard to know. It's unclear. Yeah. So that's a theory. Um, we don't really have any evidence for it, but it's an interesting theory. But mm-hmm. yeah, apparently. Like, it opens, like, he, like, his parents and him live on this house and on the beach, and, like, it's his birthday, and, like, he's got this little candle in, like, a, and, like, it's in a candle holder of, like, a boy riding a grasshopper, and then they're, like, oh, what do these clouds look like, and one of them looks like the Empire State Building, and they explain how he's gonna, like, you know, they're all gonna go to New York City together. Where Um, dreams, where, where... The land of, so what did they say? Where dreams are made of. Yeah. I still inspire you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they that's didn't the say those words exactly, but that <laughs> was what <laughs> they meant. Just replace the theme, the, the, the soundtrack with like songs like that. <laughs> I, I think it would be good. Okay, wait. What if we made a James and the Giant Peach Circus show? With the music like that, and like just read it all the music, but it was like the story of James and the Giant Peach. I would be into it. It what would be a very I small crowd. Peach. A, a hoop. That's easy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or one of those giant ones where people put like a sir wheel up as a hoop. Yeah. You could have. Like you could have Larita, and all of a sudden it transforms into regular size, oh. and then all of a sudden it transforms into. Your wheel it's size. like growing. Oh my god. Yeah. That's, that's easy. easy. All right. So trademarking that, trademarking that show idea. Um, we'll have a, a small audience, I feel like, but oh, maybe there's a that's hidden true. crowd for James and the Giant Peach. Yeah, I feel like circus. Fun. That's a great idea. It um, also could be really cute with like all of the little buggies. Well, yeah, and, like, what if we did characters. a version of it that was, like, a children's show? Because, like, we could probably market that somewhere. And oh, yeah. And also did, like, an adult, like, like stupid, like, funny version. Definitely. Um, you, you have to market to the children because at the end of the day, that's where the money is. Yeah, the parents. The children and their parents. The city parents. 
Gotta get some of that yeah, sweet, sweet, rich parent money. Ugh, God. So <laughs> <laughs> many need, though. <laughs> oh. Um. All right, where are we at? Uh, we really just got as far as the rhino eating his parents, and he goes to live with the mean ants, who have great names. Ant Spiker and Ant Sponge. I love it. It'll be like, spon- like do something, Sponge. Yeah, yeah. The way she and you're like, her sponge what? Sponge. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? If you forget to pay attention to their names, it just almost sounds like it's they're talking to SpongeBob. Yeah. Well, and my other question is, are they ants because they are sisters, or are they ants because they're a gay couple? That's a good question and that reminds me of something to bring up later when we get into the bugs but oh yeah because so many of the bugs are gay so many of them. they're so gay yeah so many of these bugs are gay yeah <laughs> don't worry i have notes on that okay great <laughs> spoiler alert the bugs are gay <laughs> yeah i don't know about the ants i assumed but who are they related to the oh mom God, or the dad? Ants, and then I was like, wait, were there ants? And I was like, <laughs> the aunts. Yeah. The aunties. But like they, they talk as though at least one of them is is the dad's sister. Cause they're like, oh, okay. your father with his stupid dreams, blah blah blah. Like like in a kind of knowing way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So to be determined. Maybe they are a, well, they're an evil couple. Though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, they are definitely villains. And uh, we, you know, we probably don't want that kind of gay representation, but not really. I guess we'll take what we can. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the ants are like mean. And they're like, it's like that cartoon kind of thing where it's like they're really mean. Like, like they like, like starve him. Like they like tell him like oh like we ate all the dinner but like there's something for you in the oven and it's just fish heads on a plate like like he was, yeah it's and they gross. just make him work like get up early and like work all day and they call him like a little worm and a little maggot and stuff it's very cinderella yeah it's like totally um this like particular like dynamic and then he is like in his room and he, like, is singing this song about himself being James. Um, which, like, okay. <laughs> to the spider. <laughs> I guess your life is hard and this is all you have. But this is really... <laughs> Yeah. He, like, finds a spider in the window and is like, please be my friend. My name is James. James. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my mother called me. Well, I don't remember how it goes. Yeah, but it was like, that's... <laughs> okay. And then he's singing about, like, Someday he'll go somewhere where lots of people will be like, we're so glad you came here. And they'll say, James! 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 <laughs> Isn't it a lovely day? <laughs> it's a weird song. It's The music in this is, really. is not really uh, as consistently good as the music in the movie we last did. <laughs> No, but there were some, there's some catchy songs. Yeah. This one is not one of them. No, no, it's not. Um, but yeah, he's singing to the spider. It's a huge spider and it's got, got this big stripey abdomen. It looks very poisonous. I don't know that I would like hold it personally, but there's no. this other part that happens here that I love. He's been coloring this picture, which is like illustrating him like 
somehow making it away from his aunts and like getting to New York City, whatever. And then he folds it up into like a balloon and then he pulls out the little candle in the grasshopper boy writing candle holder thing that we see when he had his birthday with his parents at the very beginning. And he goes, here's something I've never shown anyone like to the spider. So it's like, oh, clearly this is very special to you. But he doesn't say anything else about it. And then he proceeds to light the candle, tie it to the balloon and just send it out the window. Like, bye, there it goes. (laughs) Okay. My dude, are you okay? He's not okay, actually. The thing is, he's really not okay. So, like, his little brain. I mean, this is the second, you know, there's a similar theme here to uh, the beanstalk. It's like, you know, he's just so hungry. He's, like, not thinking. And he's so hungry. And what saves him is a, is a, a plant. Yeah. Is vegetation. Yeah. We're on theme here. Yeah, exactly. So we got a great theme going. Um, so I thought that was just hilarious. Like just this weird, like, here's something I've never shown anyone. Goodbye. <laughs> like now it's out the <laughs> No one else will ever see it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's happening here? It's not like you wrote, like, it wasn't like tossing a bottle in the water. You know what I mean? Like, he just drew this picture and then sent it off into the ether. There, It was not like, please help. My aunts are abusive. Like, it's just yeah. like, I don't know if he was wishing or what. What were you... Was this meant to be a cry for help? And this was like the best we could manage? It's unclear. We don't. I don't even think he knows. He doesn't know what to do anymore. No. He's starving, honestly. (laughs) He doesn't know. Um, So then the next thing that happens is that I can't remember why he goes out. Like, I, I think the aunt sent him out to do something. And then we see this creepy man wearing this, like, admiral jacket covered in, like, metals and stuff. And he's, like, holding one eye shut. And he's, like, this creepy-looking, like, kind of, I don't, like, disheveled guy. And he's just like, hello, James, (laughs) ta-ta. And he doesn't really say it like that. But he's like, how do you know my name? And he's like, I know a lot about you. And then he pulls out his balloon thing that he sent off. And it's full of these glowing green little bouncing rigatoni <laughs> and he's like these are magic and if you eat them magical things will happen and it's like this is the most stranger danger like don't talk to this it's man weird. don't take things he gives you certainly don't eat them no I have so many questions about the man A where did he come from like yeah. where do these people live because yeah. it seems like they live where there's nothing else happening Yeah. and then B, if he knows about him, why hasn't he helped him yeah. sooner? He's just letting him, like, With struggle his end. little face off. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, just starving him. It's crazy. And he takes the little glowing rigatoni. This also happens in the book. It's really kind of, like, a heart-wrenching scene, and it's such a great little, like, kind of dramatic twist in the story. He takes the green things. He's running away. And he trips, and they all go flying. And before he can get any of them to eat them, they all, like, burrow into the soil and are gone. And so it's like his hopes are dashed. This was his ticket out of here, seemingly. Again, just like the beans. Yeah, yeah. It it is just like the beans. (laughs) It is just like the beans. (laughs) Is this just the beanstalk story, but about a peach? Over again, yes. What? But it, and it just feels it's almost like he made up this whole dream of how maybe he would get out of here. And then he like woke up and realized it was a dream, you know, like the way that it was just like 
this improbable, you know, like, oh, this will help. I don't really know how, but it'll be something. And then he, like, loses it again so quickly. Um, But then, and in the book, I think it takes longer. But in the movie, it's like the ants come out right as he is trying to catch any of the little green rigatoni, but they're gone. And they're like, you lazy little worm, why are you sitting down? You need to work, whatever. And then they're like, wait, look, there's a peach on the tree. And it's like, oh, there can't be a peach on that tree. That tree hasn't grown peaches in like so long. But there is a peach. And, they're and it's like, a beautiful peach. Yeah, beautiful ripe peach. And they're like, James, get up there and get that peach for us. But then it keeps growing like before their eyes. And then it's like huge. Giant. Yeah. And what do the ants want to do with it? Take it to the fair. They put up a fence it's around money. it. They charge admission. Oh, that's right. They don't take it to a fair. They just bring the fair to them. Yeah, they leave it on the tree. And then, like, the a priest comes, and she goes, For you, double father. And we just hear, May God forgive you. <laughs> it's, like, so weird. It's a strange movie. Yeah. There's a lot of strange elements. Yeah, and, like, one kid, like, asks if they can taste the peach, and they're like, That is an inappropriate question. You're not allowed to see it go away. <laughs> why wouldn't they taste the peach though because it's only gonna last for like a day yeah, honestly you could charge a lot extra if you're letting people take a bite of Eat it. it yeah or you have like a special day where like you can come take pictures for two days yeah. and on day three we're gonna cut into it yeah it's a type of a plan and the peach like smells really good, which suggests it's ripe. And like once it's ripe, you've not got much time with it, you know. No, they will go fast. So then, like James comes downstairs and is like, "I wanted to play with the children," and they're like, "The children are gone, but you can play yeah. with their garbage." <laughs> <laughs> which is a great one. It's the same. It's all the same. So he sends them out to like pick up the trash, and then he finds another little green thing and he chases it under the fence where the peaches, and then he overwhelmed by temptation and pulls out a chunk of peach flesh and eats it and like it's really easy to pull out some flesh like it's super soft and then the little green thing jumps into his bite of peach and so now he's eaten one of them and then a hole appears in the peach and then he climbs into the peach and like I do want to say like more so even in the book but even just the visual of like this big ripe peach and then he takes a bite of the big juicy peach and then he climbs into the peach it's kind of erotically charged in like a weird way <laughs> that's a good point never like, thought of that one and i just wonder if the peach is meant to represent like puberty or like a sexual awakening and the sense of like autonomy uh th- that that allows and like finding finally being able to stand up to his fears and like his aunts like i don't know i'm t- mm. I, i'm just wondering if there's something there I, I, it's kind of a stretch um but well anyway. the peach emoji does mean ass right so yeah. and, like, he's ass climbing his- into an ass yeah so he climbs into the peach <laughs> and then as he climbs it's like we see like the magic sparklies like so the magic is working but all that happens is that his head gets big <laughs> It's weird, honestly. He's like, right now, he's a normal boy, like a human child, and then he turns into, like, a Tim Burton character yeah. straight out of Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. With a huge head. And a small body. Huge head. Like a peach pit head and twig the rest. Yeah. 
and then he is going through this tunnel and then hears voices and you can sort of see the shadows of the bugs like on like this piece of paper over the end of the hole and then he falls in and that and then we meet the bugs and they are all like they look really scary and like their faces are like lit up weird and like shadowed it's like it is that like tim burton thing uh-huh um yeah and they're, and they're just like they're just like talking and like and so you're like what is this but it's just like a bunch of friendly bugs yeah kind of like it really reminds me of a bug's life all of the circus bugs yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love the circus bugs. I had this um, sense that this movie was, like, about second chances, because it was, like, he was supposed to go to New York City with his parents, and then he was, like, supposed to get to eat the green things, and it was, like, he lost them, but then he still got to eat one, you know? It's, like... Yeah. He had the spider, Yeah. and then he didn't have the spider. Yeah. Now he has the spider again. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Just a, but just yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, so so now we get to meet the bugs, and there are there's a centipede, a grasshopper, a ladybug, a spider, a worm, and a glowworm. Is that right? But there's a worm and a glowworm. Yeah, there's the earthworm, and then there's the glowworm. Huh. Like, there's the one that, like, lives in the light fixture and is, like, an old, oh, like, opera yes. lady. And yes. then there's the earthworm who, like, mm-hmm. has these glasses on that, like, change shape to reflect his emotions. Yes. Yeah, that sounds right. The centipede, we said centipede? Yeah. Yeah. So. That sounds right. They're all, like, very distinct characters. Um, I want to start with the spider because she's by far my favorite. She is giving me huge gay vibes in the best way. She's very Charlotte's Web. Yes, and she's got this little beret on. She's got these, like, big sexy boots on. She is French. She has this, like, accent. She smokes. Um, She has, like, this sewing spinner machine thing on her back so that, like, she can, like, reach over her shoulder to pull strings. So I guess it didn't want to show her, like, just using her butt. Um, (laughs) And she just like, she's like very cool. Like, I I think I think the spider's awesome. The centipede is like, he like he like at one point says like I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> oh yeah. Which how did they all like end up? I have a lot of questions about the bugs. Apparently England. Apparently they're in England. Like we can see that on the map. Um, that there's a magic map we see later. Um, but like the grat like. He's like from looks like centipedes don't fucking live that long. Like what the fuck? No. He has, he, the centipede is standing up and wearing pants with suspenders and a hat. And his face is like where a face would be on a person who was like standing upright. But when he takes off his hat, he has antenna and he also has like mandibles sticking out of the top of his head, which I sort of ignored at first, like whatever. But Later, he chews the stem of the peach so that they can, like, roll away with the mandibles on the top of his head. And then I was confused because on a real centipede, those are mouth parts. Um, but Wait, his I'm face, so lost. But he has a What's face a... and a mouth on, like, the face side of his face. 
and the mandibles are on the top of his head. So he, if he was laying down and crawling like a centipede normally does, then the mandibles would be appropriately located. Okay, so he has... I'm trying to figure out the, the issue. Is the... <laughs> Because he has a face and mandibles? Yeah. Okay. I don't really know the word mandible. I've got to be honest. It's like the it's like the chompy, pinchy things that bugs have on their mouth. Oh. And they have... How's it? Uh, okay. I thought you were saying that they have eyes on. Okay. Well, <laughs> now I've confused myself about mandibles. Uh, we should just carry on. <laughs> We don't have to worry about the mandibles. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, I, I found that upsetting about the centipede. The centipede is also, like, really horny um, and is really into the spider. Oh, but the spider rejects her advances because the spider is gay, because I said so. The spider's so gay with the ladybug. Oh, that's cute. There's, like, some point where I can't remember now exactly what the ladybug says. But she says something about, I don't know, was, you know, she's very, like, like into the spider type of comment. And then they were flirty. And it was cute. Oh, that's so cute. The ladybug is this, like, grandmotherly figure. Like, she's very maternal and sweet. Mm-hmm. And, like, she calls James Deary. I think she offers him tea, like, these kinds of things. Um... She's from London. Yeah, and she has tons and tons or of babies. Who are all grown up now. Um, and then there's the grasshopper who is also gay, for sure. He's like like old gay man vibes. And he's our resident artist, too. Yeah, oh yeah, he's like the cultured, like smart guy. He also gets annoyed with the centipede because he is like, oh, I enjoy the theater kind of thing. The centipede... The centipede's just trying too hard. Yeah, the centipede the needs to chill. He needs to chill. Which is like the theory of, the not the theory, the story of everyone we talk about. At the end yeah, of the day. pretty much it's common. Everyone it's a common thing. needs or is trying to chill. Yeah, either they tr- are trying to chill because they recognize they need to chill or they don't know it, but they need to chill. They need to chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... So that's so that's like we oh oh yeah and then there's the worm, um there's the worm and then there's the glow worm. The worm is like kind of just an anxious character, just like kind of freaking out all the time, um, which I find kind of funny. Um, he's blind. He has like these dark glasses on because he's blind. <laughs> but like the glasses will change shape to make him look sad or scared or whatever instead of just staying round all the time. Um, which is kind of funny. And oh, then the yeah. glowworm is this like <laughs> old cute. lady, like diva character who like is kind of deaf and so will like mishear things in a funny way. Yeah, I kind of forgot about the glowworm somehow. Yeah, she like lives in the light fixture and they're like always like filling her in on stuff. Um, and I think that's all of them. And then it's like, we got to get away from here. Um, because like we hate the ants basically and like now we have to hide in this peach because we're giant fucking bugs like this is weird and James is like we can't go away because the rhino will get us and they're like what <laughs> well we should go anyway like it's not this really this is where I'm like yeah. 
what does it what is the rhino what yeah. does the rhino represent well it clearly represents his trauma like his fear his yeah. fear of abandonment perhaps his his fundamental fear that the world is not a safe place that, like the world is like scary and bad um which is fair like if your parents die suddenly like that's gonna scar you i should think um yeah yeah i think the rhino is trauma okay that makes more sense that's my theory just like a vague loose something yeah so then the centipede kind of takes it upon himself to use the mandibles again located on the top of his head to chew the stem and then the peach goes rolling away and it goes bouncing all through the little town so like now we see that there is a little town like it's not just this isolated house um so that's where all these people Mm -hmm. who came to see the peach came from apparently and like just the peach was soft enough that he used his hands to pull out a chunk of it to eat so if it actually like went rolling down this hill and like falling over buildings and shit like, it would be completely crushed into a pulp under its own weight. Like, on no planet would it survive this violent trip to the sea. No. But None it does because it's scientifically a accurate. No. It, there is a cute moment where the peach rolls along a fence. And so it kind of picks up this spiral gangplank that goes down the length of the peach, which is a very useful uh, device to allow them to sort of access more parts of the peach instead of just having to be inside all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it falls into the ocean. Maybe, okay, I have a quick theory. Um, since the peach is magic, maybe it can choose when to be, like, hard and when to be soft. Yeah, I did think about that, that it is a magic peach. Like, it is very specifically a magic peach. Like, so it probably does have, like, mystical properties. Um, so then they're like, where are we going? We're in the ocean. Oh, shit. And then James has this, like, travel book that, like, he got from his parents that the ants had torn up, but it's magically back in his pocket again. And when he opens it, he sees the peach, and then he sees, like, a line that goes to New York City. And he's like, we're going to New York City! And it's like, what? (laughs) And, like, because either they're magically going there, and that's just what's going to happen. Well, I, yeah, like, I don't know. It just doesn't really make sense. Like, it's just the peach in the book. Anyway, um, so that apparently is what's going on. But still, they're not just going to magically get there. They still have to, like, drive the peach there somewhere. And so they're like, how will we get out of the water? What if we catch a bunch of seagulls to, like, fly us away? Which, like, it would take so many fucking seagulls. At one point, the peach is quoted as being 150 feet in diameter. Um now, looking at the peach in various scenes, I don't think it's that big. I think oh, it's probably more big. like 30 feet in diameter, maybe 50 feet tops. Like, I can't imagine it's any bigger than my apartment. Yeah, exactly. Like, how big are these bugs? Yeah. Well, they're, I mean, they're bigger than him. But it's like how he shrank a little and his head grew. It's like hard. Yeah, it's like hard to really say, like, what the scale is. But like, when you see the ants next to the peach, it's not that big. Right. But I don't know. It doesn't add up to me. It's definitely not 130 feet. But anyway, it's still like really big and really heavy. And the idea that you could tie enough seagulls to the stem to fly the peach. And like what? Like the seagulls are going to fly to New York City? Like they would die. Like that's not real. (laughs) Um, But of course, all the bugs are like, what a great idea, James. You're so smart. 
Um, so then they use the worm as bait and they catch all these seagulls. And like before they catch like enough of them, they see like a disturbance in the water. And then they see like, like a bunch of tuna. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a school of tuna. Right? And, and then like a big like metal shark monster like eats them and spits out fish heads on plates like what his aunts like left for him and so i feel like again this is like a symbol of his like trauma and like his abuse at the hands of his aunts like he has this idea that he thinks will work and then he's just like like it's like this learned helplessness he has from his experience of abuse of like oh this won't work like something will ruin it somehow that is a good point i never like picked up on that I always just thought it was weird that the shark was metal. It is weird because that it's like a robot thing, right? Like, it's not like a real shark. Yeah. And it's like, well, who's driving the shark robot? Like, where does the shark robot come from? It's very strange. And it, like, shoots small chewing shark robots at them. Like, and it shoots a harpoon at them. Like, it is specifically trying to, like, eat them or destroy them or something. And it's like, why? Like, what is this? Like, it's not explained at all. No, it's very strange. And then does it help um, make anyone less afraid of sharks? No, not a bit. Although I guess, like, maybe it's better than than having... Because in the book, it's actual sharks that are, like, chewing up the peach. And they're afraid the sharks are going to eat the peach. Um, Uh Which, like... Wouldn't really be a huge yeah, problem. That makes more sense to me. Yeah, because they're inside the pit of the pit. Anyway, um, it's not. It's this giant robot shark. And, like, then they get rid of it. And I think when they get rid of it and they fly away with the seagulls is where the the um, centipede goes, I'm from Brooklyn! <laughs> <laughs> Which I found really, really funny. Um, and then they... The next scene is that they're like, oh, wow, we're so hungry. What are we going to do? We're starving. Which, again, parallels to our last movie um just like what are we gonna do what are we gonna eat we're starving and then suddenly james is like you guys we're inside a giant peach which like really it didn't occur to anyone else like duh that they're inside the peach and like anybody could eat the peach um it seems so obvious but also like you just need to be really careful so you don't you know ruin the peach while you're writing well, it to well yeah it. like but i guess like that's the thing is like they're inside they're inside the pit like couldn't they like tie the seagulls to the pit like the more of the peach they eat like the lighter the weight is yeah that's true i don't know <laughs> i wasn't there yeah not entirely clear um but then like they all taste the peach and they're all saying how delicious it is and then the spider goes or the, the ladybug goes better than aphids and the spider goes better than ladybugs. And the, the ladybug says something and she and the, the spider's like, excuse. <laughs> and it's really funny. But also so we what does totally, that mean? If we can interpret that in a gay way, which I love. Exactly. I was say, what kind of eating is she talking about? You can't know. But then I would be yeah, one way or another, I would be offended if I was the ladybug. Yeah, like, excuse me, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> I am delicious. Actually, one time I accidentally ate a ladybug, but it might not have been one of the proper ladybugs. 
What are the like the Japanese ones? Yeah, those like slightly orangey ones. Yeah, and they smell horrible. Yeah. Right, those are the ones. Yeah. Um. Yeah, one was sitting on my water bottle, and it was like a pop top. So I used to do the thing you're not supposed to do, and I would always open it with my teeth. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that the the little Japanese ladybug was there and I went to open it. And so then it got in my mouth and it was disgusting. It tasted just like it smelled. It was horrible. Wow. That's dramatic. So ladybugs don't taste good. Peach does in fact taste better than ladybugs. Yeah. I would choose peach flavor over ladybug flavor any day. So then they continue eating the peach and then they have this whole song about how delicious the peach is. And, like, the, the centipede, like, has the peach on a plate. And then he sprinkles cigar ash on the peach, which makes no sense to me. And then they put a bunch of peach in this big bucket in the middle of the room. And the grasshopper gets in there with his shoes on and stomps on it. And that also is really gross. Like, like why don't they just eat it? Like, what are they doing? They're just, like, throwing it around. And, like, I'm just, like, they're all getting covered in peach. And I'm just thinking about how sticky it would be. And how, like, you don't, they don't have any oh, water so for sticky. bathing. Like, it's so gross to me. I and mean, there is a whole ocean, but I don't think like it's gonna work. Yeah, I mean, I guess like well, you I can't guess just go swim well, yeah, because the now ocean. they're flying through the air. They're not in the ocean anymore. Oh, we're in the air now. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the air. I yeah, which uh, this, I do want to mention they're in the air, bef- and before they before they start eating the peach, they have one of those classic scenes. Where the centipede is looking around and everyone he looks at turns into food. Off like Madagascar. Yeah. And like he looks up at the seagull and it turns into like a flying like rotisserie chicken. Oh, that's right. (laughs) I forgot about that part. Yeah, that part's cute also. So then the spider is like tucking James into bed on her web by like, like wrapping her in thread, which is sort of terrifying. And she's like, oh, you know, like, I can't be friends with the other... And he's like, oh, you could be friends with the other bugs if you'd let them. And she's like, no, it's in their nature to fear me. And he's like, but you're nice to me. And she's like, that's because you were nice to me first. Because, like, I guess she, like, remembers when she was a small spider, and he was like, here's something I never showed anybody. Now it's out the window. (laughs) Well, it really worked out his benefit, then. It totally did. You want to have a giant venomous spider on your side. Yeah. So then he goes to sleep and he has this like weird dream and he is like a caterpillar and he's eating the peach. The ants find him and try to spray him with bug spray. I think the bug spray turns into the rhino. Is that what turns into the rhino? I think so. Maybe not. Which then that's another like thing to me where it's like, are they the rhino? Yeah. Like does part of him know they're the rhino? Maybe. Or maybe this is him now seeing, like, oh, they are the rhino. Yeah, like making the connection. So when he wakes up, they are, like, in the super cold, like, Arctic. And it's kind of funny because the grasshopper's like, you have no idea where where we are. We're way off course to the centipede. And he's like, oh, yes, I do. We've either gone north or very far south. (laughs) It's like, okay a good point though (laughs) 
one or the other. It's true. It's got to be. So then the grasshopper's saying, like, well, we're definitely all going to die because we can't navigate without a compass. And James like, well, maybe there's compasses on these ships because there's all these, like, ships trapped in the ice. And he's like, well, yes, but to dive into that water would be death. Only a fool would do it. And the centipede's like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) So he dives in. Wait, is this the... Yeah, this is where we get to the... Is this the part where... Yeah, is this the part where they call out the centipede for not being a world traveler? Yeah, yeah. Which I think is why he does it. He's like, oh, like, I have let my friends down. And I feel bad. So now I will go. Like, he, he, like, grows as a character in this moment. So he dives in, and then we see, like, he goes into the boat, and then we see, like, the dead skeleton of the captain. And it is, like, it looks literally exactly like Jack Skeleton. And the centipede goes, a skeleton and then he sees the compass and goes jackpot and i'm like well that wasn't subtle at all (laughs) right (laughs) was this before or after do we know nightmare before christmas it had to be after because he like literally like said his name i feel like it had to be after. but sometimes they do weird hints yeah I'll do a quick, quick, quick fact check, but you fact can keep talking. Fact check. Um, so my big question for this, um, because then like the skeleton comes to life, and then the other skeletons come to life, it feels like a little bit uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean situation, and then they like, be, like put the the centipede on the rack, and they're stretching him, and the spider is like. We need to go after the centipede. He's our friend. And it's like, dude, he's like sexually harassed you throughout this entire movie. So like, I don't feel like you should go after him. Um, But then like Jack like jumps on her back and they both go. And then they're like swimming down through the icy cold water that was supposed to kill them instantly, but isn't. And then they like find the centipede. And it's like, how long can they hold their breath? Like this is going on a while. And like, like the bugs, I guess, have a different metabolism or whatever. And like maybe they could last a while, but like Jack is a human or James is a human child in theory. Yeah. Like, is this part of the magic that like magic it's not now. real? Like, is this all what if this I is all just like magic. a weird fantasy because he's so hungry? Like, none of this is real. Oh my gosh. <laughs> maybe. And maybe he's just slowly dying. Yeah. And then that's how he ends up in New York City. Yeah. Oh, oh, I almost really forgot. Dead. When the centipede jumps in the water, the grasshopper goes, he's committed pesticide, which I found very funny. <laughs> that is delightful. Yeah. Was they like, are really kind of funny. Yeah, they got some good, they got some clever lines for sure. Yes, they did. And then um, one of the skeletons quickly, you see. Could... Oh, do you have the fact check? Yeah, um, it was made three years before. The Nightmare Before Christmas was 93, and James and the Giant Peach was 96. Oh, wow. Okay, so that makes sense that they would have. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the skeletons looks like a duck, like it has a bill, and it has a little sailor hat on it. And is that supposed to be Donald Duck? Is it Donald? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> Donald he's stuck in his mathematic land and now he's a skeleton Mom. poor guy yeah. <laughs> he never got to chill no he never did he's chilling now. R.I.P. Donald Duck he never got to chill 
Um, so he, so I, I, somehow they defeat the skeletons, they get the compass. And then the spider says to the centipede, I don't know whether to kill you or to kiss you. And I'm like, well, I don't really understand why, uh, but whatever. Like, I feel like she sh still should not like him. Um, but they get the compass. So then they're able to navigate. And then they, like, there's a conversation the grasshopper has with James about music being special. Um, and then they get to New York City, basically. But then there's a big storm that's blowing them off, of course. And then the, the centipede goes, we'll wind up in Jersey. <laughs> no one wants that. I know. Like, that was a really funny comment to me. That's like, oh, he is from Brooklyn. Not even the centipede wants to be yeah, in Jersey. Yeah, no one wants to be in Jersey. Um, so then James has all the bugs climb up the string to, like, hang out where the seagulls are. And he's like, I have to face my fear. Uh, and he's like, and then the worm is like, try what your parents told you. Try looking at it another way. And it's like the creepy rainstorm cloud rhino is coming at him. And he's like crying. And, he, and like, he's like, I'm not scared of you. You're nothing but like smoke and noise or something, which like, I, I clearly it's symbolic of him like confronting his trauma and like the fact that these things he's so afraid of like aren't real. Like, I guess it's like, him recognizing that he's catastrophizing like when he worries about like dying the way his parents uh -huh. died it's like that's not a reasonable thing to be afraid of like that probably won't happen like I guess that's kind of makes sense if we're thinking of the rhino as like symbolizing his trauma and like this is him like it's like the bugs represent therapy I guess so and some way to work through it right but then it's the like rhino, the, the rhino like cuts all the strings. So then he's falling on the peach, and the bugs are flying away with the seagulls. Well, what assholes! I know. So it's like, well, that was a stupid plan. Why did you have them climb up there? But then he lands like the peach is like speared on the Empire State Building, and then they like get a big crane and lower him down, and then this car like, drives I think up. This is my I think this is my favorite of the whole thing because it's just like here you are in New York you've landed a giant ass peach on the top of the Empire State Building and everyone's just like sure let's get a big crane we'll lower you down like we'll do all this shit and they're just like yeah okay yeah. We'll just... and he's like oh I came here with my friends and then at some point I know there's more to get to but then they come over and he's like, these are my friends I was telling you about. <laughs> it's just all these bugs. <laughs> and everyone's like, okay. <laughs> like, no one is that yeah. concerned. <laughs> it's normal. But before the bugs yeah. show up, like, after the crane gets the peach down, this flattened car drives up. And then the doors open and all this water comes out. And the ants get out. And it's implied that the ants drove across the ocean. Like in their car that was smashed that. by the heat. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, again, like, can everybody in this world just hold their breath indefinitely? Like, is that just a feature? I maybe. <laughs> like, yeah. So that's weird. And then they're maybe. like, "Oh, this is our peach, and we're this kid's legal guardians, and he's coming back with us." And then James is like, "No, I'm not going with you. I hate it there. I hate how I'm always cold and hungry, and you beat me." 
And it's like he's like found his voice and he's like standing up for himself and he's speaking his truth and like getting the care that he needs. So it's like it's like the validation of the bugs that he has like good ideas and can like accomplish things he sets his mind to of like helped him to confront his abusive aunts. Mm -hmm. I also think having actual people around, too, is helpful. Yeah. Yeah, like, hard. he's been isolated. I, I guess we said yeah. this was, like, a town, but, yeah, it seemed, like, very isolated. Where are you supposed to go? You stand up to them, you're just going to get beaten by sponge. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's nowhere for him to go. And, like, now he has, like, community and resources. But then the ants freak out and grab axes off the fire truck like they're going to kill him, which is super weird. And then uh-huh. I'm trying to think, like, at that point, the ants are stopped because um, they just tried to kill a kid with axes. So that checks out. But then the bugs show up. And that's when he's like, oh, these are my friends who I was telling you about. And it's like, yeah. what? What the fuck? So then he introduces it's the so bugs. Weird. He introduces the bugs to the crowd one by one. And they're all applauding them. And the glowworm says, God bless the colonies. well then like are we still in what's that phase of life yeah colonial time yeah yeah Yeah. like how old is the glow worm like bugs don't live that long no less glow worms do but i can't imagine maybe he's just poorly educated i can't know but that's the last note i have is god bless the colony (laughs) <laughs> my notes stopped a long time ago so. there is like a little bit more like um, I know it's like the, the kids kid? ask if they can eat the peach and he says yes and the kids all eat the peach mm-hmm. but then they put the peach pit up in Central Park and that's where James Trotter lives and it's sort of implied okay. that he no I guess he lives with the bugs yeah, it's a home. but it's like does he live alone do, do all the bugs live with him in the house and like they show the bugs like yeah, accomplishing things as, like legal guardians like the but like the spider opens the a jazz doing? club, and like the I forget what like the like the grasshopper like becomes a famous musician or something. Like they all like accomplish things. Like the ladybug has like a thousand children, um, but like <laughs> like it doesn't really show James accomplishing anything. Like his thing, like his newspaper headline is like the bugs threw him a surprise party. <laughs> Which like why is that in the newspaper? <laughs> yeah, that is weird. So maybe for him that's an accomplishment because he was stuck with those ants. I mean, for so him it absolutely is. Like that, you know, he has like family and people who care about him. But like, why would it be in the newspaper? I mean, I guess he's kind I of don't a celebrity. Have an for that one. I guess he's kind of like a celebrity. Can you hear my cat crying? Um, it reminds me of yeah. <laughs> Irene. It reminds me of the Lamoni. name. So I shouldn't say that where I live. She's out there screaming. <laughs> but it reminds me of um, the town I grew up in, which I accidentally named. Uh, <laughs> we had what was called, we had like our local newspaper. And there were no activities to really talk about. So there might be something in there about someone's throwing a surprise party. That's and so there was a cute. Section I don't know if it is. Um, <laughs> but again, sometimes I was born. So, on like a 
random day if I was bored and I would decide to go through the paper or see if <coughs> sorry if I could find anything exciting um you could first find like various police reports it would tell you like all the people that they pulled over that week yeah um you could find the um what is it called the menu for the nursing home like their food menu in case you wanted to go eat at the nursing home oh wow Um, okay I know isn't that so weird it (laughs) is weird you're not going the only time you would really go is if you're going to visit someone maybe you would eat um so maybe if you do need to go visit someone, it helps you decide what day to what go. What day to go? Where was it? Well, I was just thinking, like, because surely, like, the people at the nursing home have access to this information besides the paper. That yeah. is very interesting. That's why it was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, because there was a nursing home, and then there was also a facility there that was, like, um... Re- a living residency for just like older people but they could still support themselves yeah but they wanted to be i don't i don't i've never fully understood but it wasn't quite nursing home level mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. like i am old now i will go live in this place so it could have been for that also i don't remember but regardless there's no reason anyone should have cared mm-hmm. about the menu um And then my favorite, there was a church, this random church. There were a lot of churches, but we had, like, two main ones in the town, and then there were some, like, on the outskirts. So there was this one church that had a very small community, so it wasn't a lot of people to work with. And it was called the Andover News. And so it would list, day by day, what members of this church had done, and it would be, like, Mary took Bob to lunch at <laughs> and it was the <laughs> most dull piece of information ever <laughs> but it was also entertaining because you're like this is what we have resorted to we have nothing else to talk about so we are talking about what we have done day by day and that includes going to dinner with someone this is our news it's so weird <laughs> wow that is fascinating it's so weird the next time I go home, if I if there's a paper, oh my god, I please will take pictures of things like bring that. Bring them back. Bring us back talk, an artifact. Talk about it. Yes, we will just talk about um, the the local newspaper. That yes. can be the whole. Yeah, we can read subject. it and we can discuss the news, the current events. Yeah, yeah, that would the be amazing. Events. That would be so cool. Iowa. That's the <laughs> ideal plan. It's. Before I forget, there was right, one well, note I actually sure. had yeah. that actually I should have talked about in our last episode about Jane, like Jack and or the, the beanstalk. Um, there was a particular uh-huh. line when Mickey and Donald and Goofy got to the giant, like not to the castle yet, but like to the top of the beanstalk. And it, it was describing their spirit of adventure or whatever. And it goes, three friends and not a single thought. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's us. <laughs> that sounds right. We all hang out. <laughs> that adds up. Not a single thought. That sounds about right. Yeah, Maya goes, that. oh yeah, it's like you and Megan and Kyla, <laughs> three friends. <laughs> Not a single thought. And I was like, that's fair. Wow, Maya. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have lots of thoughts. Thank you very much. We have so many thoughts. But, you know, mostly just vibes. To, We have a whole podcast about our thoughts. <laughs> so many thoughts. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, it is funny. I forgive her. Um, I do have one more thing to say about James and the Giant Peach. Yeah. Um, did you watch all the way through the yes. credits? To the very yes. Yes. Oh my god, I almost forgot about this. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things uh, where there's like a little Easter egg like... after the credits. Uh huh. And it's just the ants in like, um, not puppet, but kind of puppet, like a toy carnival like a game game. yeah like a yeah and it's like the ants are at a table they're mechanic i guess yeah like a mechanical and the ants are at a table that picks up and spins around and then the rhino comes out and like gets them in the butt with his horn and then when it says game over it says it like on a tombstone like they're dead yeah it's weird (laughs) but yeah and theme weird we don't know what it means i thought maybe it was gonna be like um what's his face oh i just forgot his name who lives in the peach james yeah (laughs) james um made like a carnival and it was based off of his aunts but no it was a little more morbid yeah it was it was interesting for sure i was like what is this and like they made that you know what i mean like that was like a literal like object that was assembled and made functional mm-hmm. so weird or like the very end of a movie also. yeah so it's like this movie has these like I never, deeper I themes. Never seen that part before yeah i don't think i have either like this movie has these deeper themes of like confronting your trauma and shit but then it also just has this like petty as shit like haha the ants are bad what if we punish them with the rhino yeah yeah, yeah, so and I guess well, maybe if they are the rhino though, they just punish themselves. Yeah, they're hoisted on their own batard. Yeah. Um, I wonder what happened to Roald Roald Dahl? Roald Dahl? Yeah. In his life to write such Yeah. What was his story. deal? What was his deal? Something had to have happened. There's something to dig into there. Yeah. Sometime we should do one of his books. Maybe we'll we can dig get it more up into his deal. Yeah, I was going to say, we could just make him a topic, potentially. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot going on. We'll do some research. Yeah. Do some research, maybe. But, yeah, I think that's all we got for uh, James and the Giant Peach, a weird movie that you can watch on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. enjoy the timber and, yeah. business and let us know which yeah, bugs you think are gay it's, it's fun it is fun probably most of them yeah they're all we think they're it's all a gay. fun good movie pretty gay all bugs yeah. are gay they're like on a spectrum somewhere yeah for sure for sure um yeah well thanks for listening for tuning in to this our 50th episode Woo! Oh, I forgot already. <laughs> Can't believe it. Um, we are coming up. We not quite yet. We got like impressive. another. We got like another 
um, well, like five or six weeks actually, but we were already preparing to celebrate our one year anniversary with the podcast. We're preparing something really, really special for our listeners. Um, so get ready It'll for be that. Really titty. Yeah. Tune in. It's going to be awesome. And it would be even more special if we finally had some uh, voice memos to share. Yeah. The pod. If we, you know what, like right now in this the golden potters. window between our 50th episode and our one year anniversary is absolutely the time to finally step up, leave the voice memos, anchor.fm <laughs> slash wineweed weird, and leave us the five stars and write the reviews. Like, let's go. Let's make it happen. We keep trucking, you know, we keep we keep doing this for you. Uh, take two fucking minutes and do this for us. Right. Do something for us. God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And on that note. On, on that note. Uh, I'm Emily. I'm Kai. I've been a little drunk. I've been a little high. And this... Was wine weird? Weird. Maya's laughing at us <laughs> from bed. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> That's why we're here. That's how funny we are. 